Welcome to this episode of Team Chat Podcast, episode 289, Mogan. We are a mere, Uh-oh. after this one, 10, 11 episodes away. Math's hard for me, but 10 episodes away from episode 300. That's too many. It's bonkers. <laughs> I, like, episode I can't see the number. 300 will be the end, everybody. <laughs> That's where we're going to call it. <laughs> no, of course not. There's still many games coming out many the rest of this year. Many games to talk about, but watch. We will actually wind up canceling it on episode 300. I mean, I'm going to need at least those 10 episodes just to get enough time into Breath of the Wild Tears of the Kingdom to be able to have a review on it. But what should we do, though? Oh, God, I don't know. We got to think about it. We Yeah, we do need to think about it. Because, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. 100 kind of. episodes was huge. 200, we were like, wow, I guess we're getting good at this thing. To be fair, I don't remember what we did for episode 200. I feel like we just did a big stream one day. Oh, maybe I feel we like we did, did like, a, like a right. six-ish hour yeah. stream or something like that. I, think, I feel like we played some Mario Party, maybe. Would that have been during the pandemic, or was it right before that? Because maybe we were still live at that point. We were here because we did it. I remember we did it right oh, here. Oh, okay. Must but I feel like it might have been like right after we felt like we could get back together. Oh, okay. I that feel like sense. it wasn't too, or it, or either it was right before. One of the two. It might have been honestly right before. I, I feel like it was right before <laughs> based on the timing and how many episodes we tend to put out per year. Right. Yeah. So, mm. but man, big things coming down the pipe. Well, it's we'll really have to cool. think of something. I know we will. Send Maybe. us your suggestions, yeah. everyone. Yeah, send us your suggestions. Um, I've been thinking that with this length of hair, I could probably pull off a pretty okay uh, Claire Redfield cause. No, Ooh. Alice. What? I think her name is Alice Cooper. No, that's uh, a, that's, a, that's, that's the singer. <laughs> that's the singer. <laughs> Maybe it is Claire. Uh, Claire. Claire Redfield from, uh, yeah. or you could just mean Alice. No, like, Claire Mila Redfield from. Oh, no, it's not Claire. Who the hell is that? Redfield, Resident. She's the one. She is in Resident Evil Two. Okay. Or three. Oh, oh, oh. She might Valentine. Be Resi- yes. Jill Valentine. Jill Valentine. That is who I was trying to get around to. I feel like I could do a pretty okay Jill Valentine cosplay. Yeah, I bet you could. Wait, that's not her. Is that? That's not who I'm. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the redesign where she's not wearing a tube top anymore yeah. because I can't wear tube tops. <laughs> Some people have too much for the tube top and mm. it does not work but a henley tank top seems pretty okay yeah, yeah plus pull it do off you for sure. got any guns uh i mean <laughs> that I, I, I can I, use I, for my cosplay <laughs> no I, I mean i had an old like bb gun or pellet well, rifle might work. but like Maybe that I'll just might work splatoon, you can use the splatoon gun. gun yeah just go with that one. <laughs> oh boy yeah oh, so you're saying you like to be jill valentine for the episode Did or just for the it stream almost escaped Again, Again you, sca- yeah, you got was, lucky that one day. That was a close call. That was a close call. But hey, a lot of close calls, yeah. a lot of great games to be talked about yeah. here at Team Chat Podcast, the video game show. And you can listen to a new episode every Thursday on podcast services around the World Wide Web, as well as watch a video version of each episode right here or over here on our YouTube channel. Links for all that are in the description below. You can find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join our Discord server. And if you'd like to help make the show bigger and better, you can do that as well by going over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, just like some really cool folks. You know what their names are? Well, I'll tell you. Guess what? <laughs> nice work, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Super Saiyan A, Salise F, Zach S, Mariah S, Susan N, James K, Michael B, Andrew M, Michael S, and Brandon W have done. They've headed over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where as for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And in return, we give you cool perks, like getting early access to the episodes for the general Thursday release. And 
access to a private channel on our Discord server, the Rogues Gallery, as well as a lot of extra goodies and tidbits along the way. But if you can't do that, that's no big deal. We totally understand. Money's tougher now. It's a recession. Something like that's going on right now. But if and there are plenty of free ways to support the show, such as writing us a review, liking and subscribing wherever you're listening to or watching the show, and, you know, telling your friends. All that goes a long way to make the show of Team Chat Podcast bigger and better. And for that, we are eternally grateful for each and every one of reviewers, patrons, and listeners alike. Hearts. Emoji. I almost missed it. I kind of almost. Wasn't ready you kind of like time. phased out that I time. You weren't listening. I was spacing out, looking at one of your screens because oh, I was yeah. trying to figure out what's in the background there. I see now that it's Call of Duty, but oh. I was just like, "Who are these people?" <laughs> Season three, yeah, and Call oh, of Duty: Modern okay. Warfare Two. Right? I now. don't know how many seasons there should uh, be. So. You know, I'm not really paying attention to that <laughs> myself. I'm literally in Call of Duty right now. I just like play the multiplayer every once in a while. I jumped on for a qu- couple quick uh, free for all matches before we jumped on to record. I'm not sure if it's. I assume that it's that one because that's probably the most current mm-hmm. Call of Duty. Most one, yeah. D- is that the one that has like DMZ mode or something like that? Yes. Did you see all the controversy with the new um, uh, paid skins that they're doing? No. So they're coming out with some new skins specifically for DMZ mode. I think there's two of them, like thorns or so- rose thorns mm-hmm. or something like that. And like a bomb bomb squad mm. and a bomb squad bomb squad skin so they are cosmetics but they also do actually give uh in-game perks oh, no. to players so it's basically pay to okay, win okay what the hell they're they're bringing pay to win back what in. the hell come on now so the bomb squad one specifically has the benefit of when you die in dmz mode and respawn you don't get the setback of having your backpack return to oh. the smallest size so you always have that permanent buff of having more more storage capacity. Okay, that is bullshit. So yeah, I mean, granted, <laughs> it's only one skin to this one specific mode. I don't know what or the maybe... Rose Thorns one does. I feel okay. like it gives you a specific weapon or something. But I don't still, know enough about Call of Duty. Those skins are like twenty dollars a pop. Yeah. you know, I mean, if they're comparable Apex skins, Apex skins, which are like yeah, like eighteen twenty bucks a pop. So it's like if you're doing that, like come on. Like that that's ridiculous. like we've we've gone yeah. through this road of microtransaction don't bullshit. Buy before. It, people. We don't kinda, like, buy into we, the We rode the win. roller coaster of microtransactions where it was yeah. fucking terrible around Star Wars Battlefront 2, you know, the pride of accomplishment. They gave us that wonderful line about it there. And everyone said nay. We revolted. <laughs> and look what they did. Everybody was like, Oh, they're trying to bring it back. And now here so they go. So we that that's why I'm bringing it up, and that's the yeah. only reason I'm bringing it up is because I heard about this and I was like, that No, is we have to revolt again. So if you play I Call mean, of Duty, don't buy those pay to win skins. I'll be, I'll be, uh, you know, honest too. There was a little bit of that uh, way back when in the Last of Us multiplayer. Actually, oh, you could buy really? like extra weapon packs and stuff like that, which were just like different weapons, ones that you like base game that you player couldn't get. You in- couldn't get oh. not like a blueprint variety a variation of a different weapon that you already had, but legit new weapons. That's bad. And that and That's like there was a little bit of, of an yeah. uproar about that. As there and, should have been. But again. Little smidge of a pass because that was 2013 microtransactions land. We're, we've weathered a different, a few storms since then, uh, but still, uh, it's bullshit. The point is, the storm's coming back, well, <laughs> so make sure that you all stand strong and don't buy into those pay to win skins. Yeah, batten down the hatches. Make sure that they don't make enough money off of it for it to be something that they reintroduce on mass again. Right. So yeah, no, no good. Call we of Duty DM. What does the DMZ even stand uh, for? Demilitarized zone. I think. Oh, I think it's okay. like a thing. A, a 
a game mode where you can go in akin to like the Escape from Tarkov's or like the um, extraction shooters. Oh, okay, gotcha. Where you're like trying to get in, get something, and get, get out. Get loot, and then get, oh. yeah, and then get some okay, stuff gotcha. out. Uh, so that's why the backpack size thing. Obviously, the more stuff so you can carry that, out, the better rewards you get at the I, end. I do actually have a question about it because I didn't, I wasn't paying t- enough attention in my research, or maybe they didn't mention it. Is DMZ DMZ mode player versus player or PVE? A little bit of both. Oh, but you do play against other players. Yes. Okay, so that is still pay to win. So that's yes. that's bad. Yep, yep, yep. Still there. Still that counts. Super no boy. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good at all. God, Activision, <laughs> back at it again. Right. I know. Yeah. First, they come up with the Overwatch 2's horrible battle pass. Yeah, that's not great. Still and now not they're great, coming right? back out with these, and they're embroiled in yet another sexual harassment lawsuit that they kind of tried to gloss over with the oh, release yeah. of the pansexual Overwatch character. And it's like, uh-uh. uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. We saw that we other shit, the, too. We see through this. <laughs> yeah, God, Activision Blizzard. Fuck those guys. Right. Well, and like apparently, you know, the whole thing, too, like the deal with Microsoft buying them out is still being reviewed. So like oh, that's yeah. still not made any headway. And that was like the thing... That prompted them to actually start looking into all this. Well, shit? not even well, kind of, because but it was also kind of the hope that like Xbox would come in and kind of clean house. Oh right, you know yeah, it was yeah. known that Bobby Kotick was going to stick around until like through the acquisition, and then uh, I believe they said there was a time period after he would stay. But then like it's it was assumed he was going to go. I kind of well, but like or that's maybe. what everybody was thinking, and like this could be the chance to like kind of clean house and everything. But it's still being in review and everything because there are legitimate concerns of some like you know, monopoly things coming up and different part like that as all these big industry players in the get video gaming space keep like buying up and getting merged yeah. and acquired and stuff like that. So I just don't anyway, like any of it. Jared. I know it's not great. It's not great. This is why I play indie games. I know, <laughs> but you know what? Indie games are great. And actually a great side thing that all games do have, which is what we're here to talk about today is the wonderful world of when, you know what, Mogan, you, let me just paint a little picture here for you. Sorry. Oh, okay. Didn't mean to kick your wow. feet there. Don't worry. I've got my mom's Birkenstocks on, so their extra size protects my feet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're going through this video game. You've been playing it a long time. Right. And this could be, uh, you know, any kind of game. We'll, we're going to paint a picture of a big open world game okay. right now. You've gone through. You've Wait, completed let me close some, my eyes. Okay, sure. Okay, I'm ready. Um, while I don't think there are any in these games, there probably there might could be. Imagine you're just traversing the plains of Hyrule, right? You know, as one does, as one does. <laughs> Got your your music playing in your ear, the little piano ditties. Oh, what's that? Is that a guardian? No, it's not. But you're safe. Okay, you made it to an end. A small bit of respite is ahead of you. Okay, and you decide. You know what? I want to take a break from this, and I want to enjoy this small tavern game that's set up next to me. You open your eyes. You're in The Witcher 3. You're playing Gwent. (laughs) 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 The way that you delivered that reminds me of those Old Spice commercials. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Open your eyes. Look at him. Then back to me. Then back to your man. Then back to me. No, that one. Hyrule end up in The Witcher. Wow. Oh, good. You're awake. (laughs) I've been catfished. (laughs) And here you are playing Gwent, a mini game inside a massive game that took off and became incredibly popular. Which has led us around to today's topic of some of our favorite mini games in video games. So Jared suggested this over the weekend because we were honestly like, "Shit, what are we going to talk about yeah. next time?" Because we were both kind of blanking on it. Um, we're sort of between reviews right now. Yep. Like big stuff's coming out. We just covered big stuff, so mm-hmm. we're like, "Okay, what do we do in the middle?" And Jared just bangs out this. Oh, f- we ne- we've never talked about mini How games. How have we never done? This? How have we never done this one? I don't know. I it it. it 
I kind of thought that we were out of list listicle fodder, but no. <laughs> I know, right? We had kind of got off the list for a little after bit. Because you but suggested, I was like, "Oh my god, that's such a good idea." Yeah. Because as a as a strong lifelong player of the Nancy Drew games, <laughs> those games are full of equal parts <laughs> puzzles and bullshit mini games. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Incredibly, none of them made my list, but I was just like, oh man, I've got at least 30 games to draw from on Nancy Drew alone to say nothing of the three that I actually picked. Ooh. But because this was your idea, why don't you start us off? Well, you know, funny thing, as I painted that picture for you to enter us into this okay. topic, I realized Gwent wasn't on my list. <laughs> But that is because uh, outside of the few hands of it that I have played within The Witcher, and I will say it's awesome that it took off to the extent that it did. And like now people have built like, you know, there are real world decks. You know, it's a big thing. It has its own now standalone uh, game. That's what I was going to uh, say. Akin to like the Magic the Gathering Battle uh, Arena or uh, what's, the, what's the Blizzard one? Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Uh, I just think like Hearthstone got killed off finally. Didn't did it? it? At least on mobile. Oh. Like I think they got rid of Hearthstone. But it might on mobile. still be on the PC launcher. And Maybe. Stuff? Huh. But I might, all, all this to say, I was going to say that Gwent should be disqualified anyways because it got its own game. So it's yeah, no longer exactly. a mini game. So it's no longer a mini game. It's its own game. So there. <laughs> I thought about that. I <laughs> Good knew that. Good job, Jared. And that's why I picked instead. Your subconscious <laughs> thought of it for you. <laughs> but in the same vein of like a medieval tavern game, what actually brought around this. Uh, this topic was that I was finally opening my my game here that I got here from Assassin's Creed Valhalla or Log. I can't believe you didn't have it showcase ready. I should have. We have to move Trevor and <laughs> Father. <laughs> but uh, but this game was actually one. It's fun because a it was an actual like Norse game that yep. the Vikings would play. But in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, when you come across a town. Uh, city, tavern, what have you, there would be various places where you could challenge a player to a game of Orlog, which it is a dice-based game. Uh, I actually did bring because the, it was... Uh, I'm on it. Because it's going to be a little easier to like explain it, what the oh, instructions were. I got the wow, instructions... Wow, came with a booklet! Oh, from, the, from the game. Oh, it's very small. It's okay. very small. Very easy game. Uh, because it's a dice-based game. I almost couldn't talk about... I decided between... Bleh, I can't talk. I was trying to decide between this game and Knucklebones. From, uh, I took Knucklebones off my list because oh, yeah? I thought you were going to talk about well, it. Damn it. We should have well, talked about it. We can still mention it in passing because it's very short. Uh, very fun. But also a dice-based minigame. So I was trying to decide between these, but because this is the one that gave me the idea, that's where I went with it. But anyway, in Orlog, two players, you each have six die. And the whole point is you're trying to uh, imp deplete your opponent's life, uh, which, is, which is counted in uh, these little stones, 15 stones that you all have. You, throughout the course of gameplay, will earn God Favor tokens, which you can then use to spend to play God Favors, which you earn in Valhalla. You would earn that by you beat a player, they'll give you a new God token to use in later matches and stuff like that. And they'll do things like count, because the whole thing of this game is that you'll roll the die a few times. I want to say like each player maybe rolls like three times, and you pick the the die uh, you know, out of the round, uh, of the Rolling cup. I cannot think <laughs> of the rolling? right words right now. <laughs> the Yahtzee cup? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when it comes out, you see, you roll the die, you see the symbols that there are, and there are symbol, the symbols on these are an axe, a helmet, an arrow, a shield, and a hand. And so what happens is if you get a, you can then pick after your roll as many of those as you want. Some of those will also be highlighted, have a highlighted box around them. And if you do that, that means you will get a God favor token if you choose to keep that die. Okay. And so then after you roll and pick the, uh, the die that you want to play with, your opponent will do the same thing. Then, so like 
if you played an axe and they play shields, then the axe will be blocked by the shield. If they, or sorry, helmet. If the arrow will be blocked by a shield. Oh. So anything that's not, any damage that's not accounted for or blocked by the opponent's roll will then do damage, take away the life stones. Okay. But then to augment your turn based on various things, you can play a god, a god uh, token, which will then either grant a thing like all axes count for two or something like that. So it still like does this or, you know, doubles damage done, something like that, depending on the different God tokens and everything that you can use. So as you would progress through the game, you would go through, be able to accumulate, I think there are like 12 or so or more God favor tokens that you can get. Cause there's oh, a so lot you, of places to play. Orlog. So you get, so in the context of Assassin's Creed itself, you yeah. get God tokens by doing stuff in the world itself. No, by beating other oh, Orlog okay, players. I see. I, I there there are some that like, you can go back to a town and replay an old Orlog match that you play. But if you go and, and defeat a new opponent, they will give you okay, a, a God I favor see. token. Kind yeah. of like in the Witcher three, you could buy new Gwent cards or get Gwent cards from defeated opponents. Now, theoretically speaking, is it possible to defeat all of the, uh, of Available players without the god tokens like if you yeah you can choose to use them yeah let's say that you got to the very end of the game and you hadn't beaten any of the other people and you were like yeah. oh well, i'll fight this guy and you had none of the other god tokens it would theoretically be possible to beat them yes it's just probably way easier with the god tokens. yeah because gotcha. i don't think they're tied to like a difficulty or your a requirement and level skill oh, level okay. cap i mean it may be just due to your natural progression through the game and discovery of the world but nothing like I think no that if you went to like somebody in the far corner of the world from where you were and played them in Orlog, I think you should be able to play them already. Okay, so it's not like they'll tell you, oh, like you haven't beaten enough. Of yeah. Them. Okay, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of games with that type of mini game kind of do uh, level lock, lock it, it. even though it's not tied to your level as a character. They won't let you play against them if they're considered like hard or super hard. You have to have beaten the previous people. Right. So I like that they didn't do that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> there's, there's really not a <laughs> lot to it. Um, and so, yeah, maybe we will have to like bust it open one day. We and, should like, play a game. game of this. Yeah, we yeah. should. I've, I've been meaning to. I've this had the game. Fun. I've honestly had it for like close to a year. for ages eight and up. Ooh. So even your child Vikings can play this. That's good. That's good. Oh, good family game. it's exclusively a two-player game. It is indeed. Only 15 to 20 minutes. We have time for that. Yeah, it's very quick. Oh, the tokens are neat. Yeah, it looks really cool. They're cardboard in this, but like they obviously are supposed to look like wood They, they look like wood or metal. Uh, yeah. Um, what are the... Uh, or wood whittled. Oh, the dice are hard plastic. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not like authentic materials. But dude, bone I bet dye you or anything 20 like that. bucks you can go onto Etsy oh, and find people that are sure. making stainless steel, you know, hard iron oh, yeah. dice like all through and through. This, uh, I love games that like have physical stuff. <laughs> I know. That's why, that's why I <laughs> yeah, like this, this so much fun. because it was cool because it's like not only is it an actual real game, uh, it was cool to get to experience it a little bit through the game in the, in the, in the game world itself, but then it was also very fun to get to pull it out. And, uh, well, not very fun, but will be fun yeah. <laughs> whenever I finally play it. That's why I pulled it out this week, and I was like, I need to finally get it ready for whenever I'm ready yeah. to play it. We're ready to play it. <laughs> this would also be, because it's only two, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, it'd be a good game to play like with friends in a tournament style. Oh, yeah. Like have one person knock the other one it out. Would. So just for everybody else's information at home, because I think this is pretty neat, um, I'm not sure if this is how it is in the game itself, but the physical game gives you three different rules or ways to play that are called beginner casual and expert so it like changes the rules slightly i guess on the that back. would be the only skill yeah, in the game okay <clears throat> in the video game version you could place a bet on the game oh. so that might make it harder the bigger the bet you 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 play 
Okay, but I do like this. I like that it gives you different sort of mm-hmm. rule sets depending on how vicious you want to play. Yeah. Or how well you know how to play. I like so, that a lot. It's a fun it's a fun time in the game. Good uh, choice. We do need to play the game itself at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but what is your first mini game selection? So I guess I'll start with one that I think so obviously I was gonna talk about knuckle bones, but I think we've already talked pretty much. We talked about it in the Cult about, of the Lamb yeah, review so and stuff. Just casual shout out to Knuckle Bones from Cult of the Lamb. Super fun mini game. Oh, yeah. The track that plays when you're so playing good. it. So, so good. good. Everybody loves that track. Boom. Everybody loves that track. So this is so not important. But a quick aside, you know how I've talked about how I love the way that Plimbo talks in Cult of the Lamb? I realized why I love Particio so much in Two Octo Two Path. He sounds like if Plimbo actually talked in real words. Like take Plimbo's garbled nonsense accent and apply it to a human speaking English, and that's Particio. And it's like, yeah. I love everything nice. about this. Uh, so every time he talks, I'm like, Blimbo. It's you, my <laughs> long lost friend. my buddy. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. The other game that I want to talk about that I feel like you also might have some opinions on, mm-hmm. Machine Strike from Horizon Forbidden West. You know what? Did you not play much? I machine? never played it. I, wow. For whatever Lee, reason, I thought this was going to be co-op. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like what That would have been a, a safe assumption, but no. I, for whatever reason, was just never, whenever it came up in the game, I was just never like, I, I was always just like, I don't feel like learning a new game right now. Oh, well, that's I don't a, know why. You, you know what? That's <laughs> just, understandable. Horizon already had so fucking much going on. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with not wanting to engage in its built-in Gwent-esque mini-game. I'm sure I played like, I had to go, they make you go through a tutorial or something maybe in the beginning in Chain's at, yeah, there was one in Chain Scrape okay. where I think you had to talk to that lady to yeah, do something. I think you p- played Petra or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but uh, I never did anything else That's with outside of that. All understandable. I really don't even fine. remember what you do. So, quick question, and this was just something I didn't know. Was Machine Strike in Horizon Zero Dawn? Nope. No, really? Yep. It was a forbidden... Because in my notes, I even just put parentheses Horizon. Because I was like, well, surely it isn't both. No, it's not. Okay, it was wrong. only in Zero Dawn. So, Horizon Forbidden West exclusive, I mean, now that I West. know. Yeah. Uh, Machine Strike. Uh, the way that I can describe Machine Strike most easily is imagine loose chess. Okay. But with the context of machines from Hori- from the Horizon series. So all of your little pieces are like very ornately carved wooden pieces to imitate the machines that are out in the wilds. So you've got like the burrowers, the bird. Uh, Looks like a fucking ostrich. <laughs> I don't know what they're called. Uh, <laughs> they're wow, called, no, they're I'm called something. Too. Yeah, the brewers, chicken the thingies, boys. the chicken boys, <laughs> the uh, oh, the hippo ones, <laughs> the, 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 the something moss, yeah, crunch moss, snap moss. Yeah. There we go, snap moss. Uh, the the thunder jaw, all those parts. They're they're all represent not. All. I don't think every machine has an equivalent piece in Machine Strike, but there are di- different pieces that you can find throughout the world, either by, you know what, um, this is a bad explanation. I'm going to back up a couple of, stri- a couple okay. of steps. Machine Strike. <laughs> what is it? What are you doing? So Machine Strike is a basically strategy board game where you play against one other player and you each have a set of, I want to say six-ish pieces on your board mm-hmm. and you can choose which ones you want to bring to the table literally so you've also got uh the inclusions of high ground and low ground so terrain actually makes a difference in this game represented on the board it's like literally piece uh 
platforms that will be a little bit higher or lower than mm -hmm. others. And then there will also be sections that kind of look like they might be grasslands. I think some sections that look like water, uh, sections that look like mountains. And depending on both the pieces you play and the terrain you play them on, those pieces are able to do specific things. So, for example, the most basic character uh, token, the most basic token of the burrower, I think the burrower's uh, function is just that it can move forward too. Mm. <laughs> I think that's all it can. Everything else just moves yeah. one space? Yeah, it can move like forward too, or they can, they can usually move dimensionally, so they can move forward, back, or to the right or left. I think most pieces can't necessarily move diagonally mm. i feel like that might be a thing that is specific to certain pieces but for example like the bird characters which you know in theory they can fly so if they jump down from a higher platform to another one and land on a spot that would allow them to do damage they deal more damage that way actually one of the best comparisons i can make between um Machine Strike and other games that people might know are any tactical rpg yeah. like um waifu bait game that everybody loves <laughs> jrpg three houses fire yeah, emblem fire there we emblem. go i was like i know if i just say enough words i'll get to it eventually <laughs> like fire emblem or even a triangle strategy mm -hmm. so from our old friends at two path two octo <laughs> triangle strategy is a great example of that where both terrain and the pieces on the board themselves are able to do different things depending on where you place them sure so the goal obviously is to knock out the other person's uh Pieces. Basically, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get rid of the other person's pieces before they get rid of yours. And each token has its own attack power and I think HP. So you have to be really strategic with how you deploy them and what they're going up against mm -hmm. because you can go, you know, one on one with somebody at a tavern, for lack of a better word, and get just absolutely demolished. And right. you're like, well, shit, I see that I had the wrong strategy here. But then you can come back with a different arrangement of pieces, maybe just try your try a different strategy, place your pieces differently on the board, and see how that does you better next time. It's really quite complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it seems it, a little harder than Orlog. It both it, it is harder than Orlog, but I would say that it's pretty beginner friendly. Okay. I think it does, however, get quite complicated later down the line with the different types of pieces that your opponents can play. And if you haven't been keeping up with the curve, unlike Orlog, where it sounds like it's pretty accessible even as you make your way further into the world, I feel like in Horizon Forbidden West, that's not the case. Mm. There are specific places around the world of Horizon that you can find people in, usually cities. They're in cities or towns. And you can find somebody to play against. There's usually one person in every major outpost that yeah. will want, that will desire to play machine strike against you playing against those people sometimes gets you new pieces like i think the woman that you play at the very beginning gives you a new piece after you beat her i cannot confirm if all of them do that because i, I didn't like, play against buy? all of them you can okay so here's the other thing is that even though you uh hunting ground so frequently at hunting grounds in Horizon, you like before you actually go into the hunting ground proper, there might be a little merchant outside that's carving machine strike pieces. Oh, that's cool. So if you don't go to all the hunting grounds, you might easily miss new machine strike pieces from the one vendor that's selling specifically the snap maws. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay, should have gone and found you earlier. So they're in specific places. They're not very prolific. I want to say that I maybe only saw four oh wow uh vendors themselves but i didn't do everything could you buy game. multiple pieces 
Yes. Okay. I think different vendors would sell more than one piece. Okay. I don't exactly remember. Like I said, I didn't get all of them. Yeah, I like I said, didn't I didn't even play, play it. No, yeah. <laughs> I did play it. I played a couple of different play, uh, people just kind of all around, and I definitely had fun. I also got my ass handed to me multiple times. Happens. So it is the kind of game where you have to actually be like there to play machine strike, you yeah. know, like it's not the kind of thing where you engage in a game of machine strike and be like, I'll be out of here in 10 minutes. It's probably going to take a little bit longer. See, that's that. why I never wanted to do it. There's yeah. so much to horizon already. There for was me to do. so much to think about. It was a very strategic game. Yeah. I can understand how for many people it was not their cup of tea, but I feel like it did a great job of offering a very different sort of break from the rest of Horizon. Because all of the other stuff that you could do in Horizon was obviously out and about in the world and always involved combat or exploration. Mm -hmm. You know, the different, um, what are they called? The pits, the different pit masters that you can fight. It's obviously all about combat. Fighting all of the different monsters in side quests and side stories, that yeah. could take thousands of hours all on its own. Mm -hmm. Whereas Machine Strike was like, no, it's a totally separate thing. It's a legitimate break from the rest of the game, which I feel like is the function of a good mini game. Yeah. It gives you its own separate thing to focus on. There's no real effect on the game itself because winning at Machine Strike, I mean, it might get you trophies, but that doesn't mean Aloy is better in the right, final. Right. What if you got to the final boss? And you had to defeat the final boss in a game of Machine Strike. <laughs> they I, just, I would have got there and been like, oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> they just throw you this brand new curve and they're like, ah, but yes. Handle you, this. You <laughs> thought you needed all that legendary equipment and armor, but you actually needed to be playing Machine Strike the whole time. What that a twist. That would be such a fantastic what a twist. twist. And what a real F you to all the players. <laughs> I would have been pissed. Not the case. <laughs> Man, I have ideas. It's like you need a level three Thunderjaw token to win this one. It's like, it's well, like God oh, Damn it. <laughs> I don't have that. I just, 50 hour grind later, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> I've got the walkthrough on YouTube. I know exactly which moves to make. It really did feel Checkmate, like that. <laughs> God, that would have been so funny. That been. And then it's like, well, you have beat me fair and square. Handshake to deal. Handshake and then they just leave. <laughs> they just leave. Oh my God, that would be a fantastic ending to the game. Oh and Aloy's like, huh, so the real of victory were the friends we made all <laughs> along the way. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, no. So, so Machine Strike is totally non-effectual on the rest of the game, which I feel like is the perfect minigame. Yep. Just give you a nice, fun distraction to do on the side. I feel like Machine Strike actually would make a real, or that type of minigame would feel so in place in the world of Monster Hunter. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, that's a one-for-one, one, dude. Kind of surprised it doesn't happen. Capcom, steal that idea. Just swoop in and be there like, whoa, well, it's Monster Chest. It's different. It's definitely not Machine Strike. <laughs> monster Chest. <laughs> they would totally just call it monster, che monster Chest. Monster Chest. Jesus. Anyways, I passed it off to you. I'm sorry. Yeah, Machine Strike, don't ask me to play against you because I can't. I will <laughs> lose. But it's a really well-designed game. It definitely should be a real physical game like dude come out with real machine strike well you know there's an actual like horizon board game right but there's is it machine strike, no, no, machine strike that's what i'm saying but i want to play it too <laughs> but man how high like i'm sure there's some craftsperson out there that's like yeah they gave you the rules in the game i'm we just gonna check. carve my own pieces yeah. and sell it on etsy or wherever there's definitely somebody out there illegally making that game and good for you you shouldn't have to legally license money. it yeah you make, make that, that money. money but yeah machine strike is awesome um 
some people probably hate it, <laughs> but, but I I had a lot of fun with it for the time that I did spend with it. Nice, very fun. I do like that. It's a, it's a good choice. These it's fun that our first choices were these games that really did offer that big respite in the middle of yeah. all this. Uh, exploring and adventure and action that was going on in these big open world games, which is the perfect segue into my second pick. Can I guess what topic. it is? Sure. Do you think I can guess it? Uh, there's a chance. Is it from one of the Star Wars games? No. Oh, damn. I thought I was really onto something. Fuck. That's kind of my only one, idea. Though. It's, it's going to take us a few minutes. You got a few minutes? I feel like, is this going to be from like Total War Rome or something like that? No. no. Shit. Stronghold? No, it's even Fuck. more complicated. <laughs> really? It's a, it's a toughy one. Is it actually, or are you bullshitting me? I'm bullshitting you. Okay. It's like the simplest fucking minigame oh. ever. <laughs> fishing. No. Damn. I fucking hate fishing in video games. <laughs> it's not you? a minigame. I love fishing no. in video games. Okay. In like Never mind. Far Cry, Far Cry 5 and 6 shit, uh, fucking Red Dead Redemption 2, miss me with that fishing shit. <laughs> it drives me fucking crazy. I love fishing in video games. Oh my I God, no. It drives best me ways nuts. To talk. Anyways, I'm never going to guess it. Go ahead. Uh, Slapperazzi. From Mario Party. Oh, I love Slapperazzi. It's super hard. I hope everybody yes. can follow the rules of the game here. <laughs> but basically, you stand. You and your and your opponents are in a ring. Around side, outside this ring is a Koopa with a camera. Not our good friend Lakitu. It is just a normal, a normie Koopa. Koopa, who's there to take your picture. And you know what? You got to get the best photo you can. So that. all of you are rushing for the the camera because they'll just appear at different parts, different sides of this ring. All, you and all your opponents are trying to rush and get in front to be the one in, you know, getting the clearest and best picture of you. But to get your opponents out of the way, you get to slap them. You just get to best. straight up, just hard, open palm slap across the face. You just got to bitch slap those. <laughs> I totally get why you picked this one. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a funny. top tier mini like game. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, a lot of the Mario Party ones are you're, you're doing some activity like find a coin, uh, you know, dodging obstacles, shooting something to knock uh, a, a block castle apart, different things like that, making pies. You're just doing all this different stuff in Mario Party. But no, the pure unadulterated joy of getting to slap your opponents across the face. Hilarious. And then the pictures that you get taken are always good too because you always get caught in some crazy uh, making some face like Donkey Kong's back there getting the, you know, the, the shit, kicked, shit out. kicked out of his face, but everybody else is just smiling and having yeah, a great time. Fantastic. And so like, th there's really not much else to say about it other than that. I think it's like what, five, six rounds of, yeah. of, of pictures you have to I'm go through. Slapping. A lot of slapping action <laughs> happening. Um, oh, and uh, we should mention that you get points based on how prominent you are in the photo. Right. So that's why so it's, it's like, not it's like really a one important. or none. Yeah. It's like you can get four points for being the most and then three, two, and or maybe it's like three, three two, two one. one, and zero. Because yeah. no, if zero you're the, the least fourth. visible, you don't get any points but yeah. yeah so it's just it's just fun it's stupid it's fun. Rules. <laughs> so since we're on but it like never comes up it doesn't Which it is once is in a blue moon uh it's not on the one we played it on i think it's in the all stars one it's in all stars but what's i don't remember the og from? game i maybe the one before it the the one that doesn't have online just super mario party yeah, the one that unfortunately was bad. Yeah. Slapperazzi. Slapperazzi is a four-player... Oh, it in super appearing in Super Mario Party. Yeah. Oh, so it was originally out of that yeah, one. Yeah, uh, it looks like it. Well, um, Super Mario Party gave us one gift, and that was Slapperazzi. So actually, it gave us two gifts. Oh, because Because you brought up Slapperazzi, I also wanted to give a shout-out to the one other incredible, notable minigame that came out of Super Mario Party. The Meat Cube Flipper! Oh! <laughs> yeah! That one's hard! It's not called Meat Cube Flipper for anyone. You know, <laughs> that 
what's the function? I think it's called like Top Chef Meat Cube Flipper. It's, it's called like Top Chef Raising the Stakes or something like that. I think that. it is Raising it's the Stakes. It's Stakes something. I think yeah. it's Raising the Stakes. So using the power of the Joy-Cons, because this was the first Mario Party that came out for the Switch, mm-hmm. and it incredibly didn't have true online mode, which is the... Just I baffling. forgot about that, and we tried to get baffling. online and play with some friends. We I now have the super the All Stars one, yeah, uh, that can play online, the yeah. superior version, the real one. But yeah, like we got we got cut out of the game. Yeah. Night the other uh, day. Anyways, so the bad Mario Party had the one good game of Meat Cube Flipper, <laughs> which is everybody has like a little uh, frying pan, mm-hmm. and you start with a li- a literal cube of meat, yeah. which I gather is supposed to be an artisanally cut steak. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wagyu. And then the the goal is that you have to use the Joy-Con functionality to literally shake and flip your pan to flip the meat cube to all of its different sides to perfectly brown each side. And the one who manages to sear each of their sides first wins. Nice. That's all there is to it. But it is so fun. It is like the level of fun and stupid with the use of the Joy-Con motion controls that just sends it over the top for me. I love meat cube. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I didn't really have anything else on that one. It just, it's just a stupid fun, good time. So Slapperazzi is my second pick. Yeah. My second pick. uh, And this is something that I've vaguely touched on before, but we've never really gotten to go in depth about. I'm bringing up a classic. The T-Set minigame from Professor Layton and the Diabolical Box. I think I've mentioned it once before when we talked about the Professor Layton games. During our um, letters, our ABCs of gaming. Oh, yes. I think my P was Professor Layton, and I think I mentioned some of the minigames that Professor Layton has given us over the years, which is a lot of them. The Professor Layton games always have at least one, usually two, sometimes three, built-in minigames that are always very fun like this is like no miscontent like in people people that play the latent games mm-hmm. don't boot up the game and see the mini games and go No, everybody's like, fuck yeah, new Professor Lee minigame. One of them was you had to puzzle out how to get a bunny rabbit to properly act out plays in the right order. So cute. It was like a real life bunny that Luke like found and he was like, ah, yes, Professor, we will train him to act <laughs> it's like, okay we sure. weird but all right you go for it luke uh, another one was you had this parrot and you would have to guide it through levels from like point a to point b by drawing lines in specific ways that it would be able to land and bounce along them to get to the end but you had specific fixed points so you had to draw your lines very carefully to make sure that it would actually get to the end i actually never finished all the levels of parrot line flipper i I don't know what it's called <laughs> but because it, it was fucking hard as shit yeah but in professor layton 2 diabolical box the tea chest minigame is arguably my favorite so pretty early on in professor layton 2 you have like some random woman on the street who gives you a puzzle obviously you solve the puzzle sure. as one does in professor layton when you solve her puzzle she gives you as an extra little bonus reward a tea set like in a cool little briefcase it's nice. kind of like a um you know those really fancy picnic sets Yes. It's like that, but in a sweet briefcase. Very cool. So you crack open this briefcase and it's full of tea ingredients and like your cup and your steeping pot, teapot, and your teapot. And the goal is to go around the rest of the world and find citizens in dire straits. They're literally on the pavement perishing of thirst. Oh, no. Those people need their tea. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you have to make tea for them dependent upon what their desire is. 
So each of the ingredients that you get in the game has different properties associated with its um, its flavor profile. Yeah. And based on what the person tells you, you have to concoct the perfect brew for them. When you initially get the tea set, I think you start out with a default three uh, ingredients. And they're definitely not real ingredients. They're like f- fun, awesome, not real stuff that sound incredible. Yeah. Uh, one of them looks like a dried seahorse. I'm not sure what it was supposed to be, but it looks like a dried seahorse. So you've got three ingredients to start with, um, and you can combine them in different ways to create new brews. There are a possible 12 brews that you can make, and a total of twenty, no, a total of 26 different townsfolk that you can find to give tea to. Now, the bonus two that some people might miss are Luke and Leighton themselves. Ah. So you can make special Luke's brew and Leighton's brew. And if you also find the other 24 people out and about to make tea for them, you get a final reward. If you complete the tea chest minigame and everybody gets their perfect brew of tea, then you actually unlock uh, Professor Leighton's Tea Master's House. So each of the Leighton games has... um, basically a couple of different ways to get what would be considered bonus super puzzles. Okay. You know how JRPGs have the optional super boss? Sure. Leighton has the super puzzles. Yeah, and that just that phrase in and of itself is just, I'm never touching Dude, it. Dude, I don't think I finished any of them. <laughs> I don't think I could solve a single one without looking it up. Those super puzzles are so hard. But if you finish the tea set minigame, you unlock the tea master's house, which gives you a bonus of three super puzzles. I don't think you really get anything if you beat the three super puzzles in just a uh, sense of pride and accomplishment you get that actual sense of pride and accomplishment because no amount of money will buy you the solution to those puzzles <laughs> you just have to crawl to the internet with shame in your heart <laughs> <laughs> the cost is your what's it called the cost I gamer cred no no cost is your soul the, no what's the thing integrity <laughs> couldn't even think of the word integrity the cost is your own integrity so you can obviously go look up the uh, the answers yourselves but yeah those puzzles are fucking hard as shit i didn't finish any of the ones in the tea master's house but i think i did finish all of the um optional tea uh tea sets themselves and then throughout the game if you periodically open up a save screen sometimes luke and layton's icons might actually have like little help symbols above them which means help they're in desperate need of tea so you just get to optionally make them more tea and it's like what fun you this got is if so you're gonna delightful. be solving puzzles and solving mysteries. You gotta yeah. have a sharp brain. You gotta, gotta be making that, that tea. tea. Yeah. Uh, so it's a ten out of ten mini game. Um, of all of the ones in the Layton series, that one and the stupid bunny rabbit acting one are the two that really <laughs> stuck with me. Mostly because the bunny was really cute, but I actually hated its mini game. <laughs> oh, the car! What's I the car? I forgot about Luke's ra- radio car. He gets like a toy um car, and it, never mind. That's a separate <laughs> thing. I completely forget how. To to play it but the car game was awesome yeah. yeah the point is if you're into sick mini games go pick up any of the professor layton games you will undoubtedly unlock some silly bullshit that will be so fun to play on the side that is unfortunately also puzzle based <laughs> so it's not exactly a reprieve from the rest of the game it's just a different kind of puzzle <laughs> you just get to turn on a slightly different cog in the brain to solve that that particular kind of difficult puzzle nice yeah professor layton Good pick. Go, go play those mini games. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, sounds, I don't think sounds, you a little, like sounds a little complex for my brain to handle. Oh, that does make me think, though, when uh, Professor Layton in the World of Steam yeah. eventually comes out on Switch. Oh, that's the new one. What mini games does the future hold? What pleasures I await? I can't wait for that bunny rabbit to be back. 
<laughs> I don't think it will be. Because hopefully at this point he's a trained actor and classically. Oh, I was going to say he has probably reached the lifespan of most bunny rabbits and has long since perished. Well, that's true. But I was looking a little more hopeful okay. for his future. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably made it to the big stage. You're right. <laughs> the big stage the big in the sky. Stage in the sky. But that parrot's probably still alive. Parrots live for, for fucking ever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyways, <laughs> that's, my, that's my bit. <laughs> All right. Well, for my number one pick of a favorite mini game, uh, it's another one that I don't think you're going to be able to get. But I, there's really no way. Is it from a Star Wars game? It's a, it's not. Damn it. Is it from the, one of the Lego games? No. Fuck. I really don't think there's any way possible. Give me a hint. This. It is a childhood game. Never mind. Yeah. Is it an educational game? Is it Storybook Weaver? No, it's not Storybook (laughs) Weaver. Storybook Weaver, everyone, came up while we were playing games the other night, and wow, I forgot about that game. Yeah, geez. Uh, So send us your favorite Storybook Weaver memories, everyone. But uh, no, so the the game that I uh, will be talking about for my number one is a mini game from the classic children's point and click adventure Putt Putt Goes to the Moon. Wow. Yeah, from yeah. 1993. Damn, dude. <laughs> I never would have guessed. No, Putt I knew you Putt wouldn't. goes to the moon. Putt-Putt goes to the moon, everyone. If you're not familiar with this classic series from Humongous Entertainment, you are a purple convertible named Putt-Putt who drives oh. around town with your puppy, Pap. I recognize this art. Yeah. I've never played this game, but I recognize the image. So, uh, Humongous also wow. did, I'm now completely blanking, Freddy Fish, uh... Serious Sam? No, not Serious Sam. Pajama Sam. And then uh, there was another one uh, as a a bear whose name I'm now blanking on. Uh, It's probably Boris Bear or something like that. Based on children's game naming conventions. I can't remember what it is. But in this one, you wind up accidentally uh, being launched into outer space as Putt-Putt. As what happens because your puppy dog chases a something into a rocket ship that was being built nearby your house. Oh, God. Very, you know, uh, not safely. (laughs) And so anyway, you SpaceX be out here exactly. using taxpayer money. <laughs> and so you get launched up into space and you're up on the moon exploring, befriending the denizens who live there, obviously a bunch of aliens. And uh, but then you go into a diner at this town and uh, next to the door in this diner is an arcade uh, cabinet. And on this arcade cabinet, you can play a game called Bear Stormin. Bear storm. Bear storm, like a bear. Okay, okay. like a bear, true bear. Storm. Not that you're naked and out no, in a storm. No, okay, no. good. You're just, a, you're just a bear who is a pilot and can fly a biplane. And so this game <laughs> is just a side scrolling, gauntlet run, obstacle avoiding like game. It's Cuphead. Yeah. Where you're in the plane. Yeah, it is wow. kind of like that. Basically, where this is, though, is it's like literally just like scrolls from left to right. You're flying this plane, you can go up and down. And you have a fuel gauge. As the game goes, the fuel gauge runs out, obviously. Right. There are balloons that you have to pop uh, that will refill your fuel gauge until you reach a, a certain distance. And then you're able to land and oh. complete the level. Hmm. As the game goes on, more things get thrown at you. It's crazy. It gets wild. First, you're getting those balloons. You got to get those balloons. But then there start to be some trees. Then there's a rogue goose that flies at you. And you got to <laughs> dodge it. Then there's a pig with a jetpack. Then after a while, some animals are floating through the air being held on the balloons that you have to then pop to be able to say to safely main, stay in the air. Oh god. So it just gets again, very simple. That's really all it is. But for a uh, 5-year-old Jarrett sitting <laughs> I around I bet that shit slapped. <laughs> and after I had played Putt Putt Ghost of the Moon base game maybe 30 plus times. <laughs> 
becoming a master at Bear Storm and became my main goal. Awesome. And because the, the, obviously, the as you got deeper into it and the levels became harder and harder, the distance that you had to travel was was greater. There were fewer balloons available for you to pop. They became harder to pop because they were like a tied to animals moving around a little bit more. Uh, but again, I, it was just one of those things. This was 1993. Like it, this game came out on MS DOS originally. And Incredible. it's like, and it's like they still within that, which granted this game like had content. I, although I feel like you could probably beat it in like an hour or less, like maybe 20 minutes. I mean, and you it really was just, like, designed for rush five through. Year olds. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but still like in the midst of all of that, they still fit in this like really, really fun mini game that like when growing up, I was only allowed to play the computer, like in 30 minute chunks, I would spend my Dude, whole, me too. really we had time limits on how much we internet. You we can't could use. play a game in 30 minutes. To be fair, it kind of was my fault because of my Neopets addiction. Oh, okay. We'll see. You did that. My Bad siblings. <laughs> Apparently, for me, for our family, it was my civilization addiction. Crippling, I know. Well, but, in your case, that's true. <laughs> but no, but I was still like, had to play these games within 30 minute time loans. You can't do a civilization game in 30 minute time. You can't. No. That's why I've like beaten two games all. <laughs> In my whole life, but still, uh, for I would just sit there and play this game for the whole like thirty minutes. I could be on the computer that day and just like just be sitting there, and it was a blast. Life was a blur behind in the pilot seat of this plane. It was great. So yeah, a completely random one, but like honestly, when we got when I was thinking of mini games, I was originally like Orlog. Sure, got that Knucklebones. Did I talk about Knucklebones? Slapperazzi. Sure, but then all of a sudden, I was reminded of the memory of just Bear Storm and. Oh came blast into the front of my brain, Bear and Storm. I had to talk about it. That's incredible. Yeah, what great. a pull. It was a good time. What a deep pull. <laughs> That's you, why I was like, there's no way you're going to be able to guess. Please don't even try. You have, you have said many times on this show that you weren't really a gamer until you were in like college. Yeah. I contest that. Well, okay. I was a gamer, <laughs> sure, but my... my, my uh, uh, Access, yeah, uh, and was limited to those thirty-minute chunks of time. A library of games was fairly limited. Uh, yes, incredible. <laughs> well, my final number one, which th- if you know, you know, like only real ones will know. I mean, I'm assuming uh, it has to be an Auntie Drew. No, it's actually mm-hmm. not. Honor- not a real one. Honorable mention to Fox and Geese from okay. Nancy Drew and the White Wolf of Icicle Creek. Very good. It's actually a, a really common type of board game puzzle. Like if you just look up Fox and Geese, mm-hmm. it's a real puzzle. Like it's basically a strategy board game. I won't even say it's like checkers or Chinese checkers because it's not. It's awesome. Uh, Fox and Geese rules. It's also quite difficult if you don't know what you're doing. And even if you do know what you're doing, you can still fuck yourself up. <laughs> <laughs> so Fox and Geese from Nancy Drew and the White Wolf Flags Will Creek is awesome. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. Okay. It's from a different uh category of games that you might not usually associate with mini games. Oh. I'll give you a hint. We've been talking about it a lot in the Discord lately. Talking about it a lot in the Discord lately. I'm drawn a blank. Lots of sharing of videos, lots of hype. Oh, is it Resident Evil 4? No. Resident Evil 4 does have some stupid minigames, though. I'm I'm blanking. I'm blanking. It starts with a T. A T? (laughs) Involves a different type of slapping. Oh, theater rhythm? No. <laughs> Started with Tek- a T. Tekken, oh. fool. <laughs> oh, Tekken. Yes, Tekken. So I want to talk about Tekken's two greatest minigame modes. Bird. And there have been many in Tekken. There have been many minigames over Tekken's lifespan. I think the one that Bro Mogan likes the best is called Tekken Force Mode, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, which is just straight up a knockoff of Streets of Rage. Wait. I think I might. I don't. 
what do you think I'm going to talk about? Because it's not Tekken Force mode. There are actually two. Is it the bowling? Yeah! <laughs> I want to talk about... I forgot about Tekken Bowling. I want to talk about the two greatest mini mini games to ever hit any fighting game ever. Tekken Bowl Mode and Tekken Ball Mode. Ah. But we'll start with Tekken Bowl Mode, which I think... Okay, let me pull up my notes real quick. I had some notes about this because they're only available in very specific games. All right. <clears throat> Tekken Bowl Mode was introduced in the first Tekken Tag Tournament game and made reappearances in Tekken 5 Dark Resurrection. Dark Resurrection. I don't even fucking know what game that is. It's one of the spinoffs, I guess, because I never played Dark Resurrection. Yeah. Uh, and Tekken 7 as D- DLC content. So if you wanted Tekken Bowl for Tekken 7, unfortunately you had to pay for it, but good God, is it worth it? And then Tekken Ball Mode is featured in Tekken 3 and then later in Tekken Tag Tournament 2, Wii U edition only. Nice. So if you played Tekken Tag Tournament 2 on any of the platforms it was available for, you got a lesser experience because the one specifically for the Wii U was incredible. (laughs) We'll talk about why in a second, but Tekken Bowl mode is just bowling. It's just bowling. You pick your characters because it was in... I'm not sure if this was true for Tekken... Yeah, because it came out first in Tekken Tag. Uh, So in Tekken Tag mode, you obviously... All games are with two people on your team. Right. So you pick two characters to play as, and each of them gets a turn bowling the ball. If the first person gets a strike, that's kind of... Get- no, that's not game over. If the first person gets a strike, they do a cool, like, you know, their their victory move and their victory catchphrase. And then the other person also gets a chance to also do a strike. And be- it's just bowling. Like, I don't know how else to say it. It's mm-hmm. just... She's just being good. She's, she's loving it. She's We're letting her stick around today. <laughs> She's like also making like this gasping. No, breath. that's just her contented moan breathing. It's really. <laughs> it's very disconcerting. Yeah. She enjoys being pet. A little She's too just much. very hype about Tekken Bowl mode. So Tekken Bowl mode, it's kind of like um, any bowling game you've played in Wii Sports. Yeah. Because the concept is you bowl down the middle with uh, I think like your direction. So you've got like a meter that bounces back and forth on the side very quickly. You have to hit the meter at the right time to either get it straight down the middle or to the sides. And then there's also a power meter. So how hard are you going to hit the ball? The fun thing about Tekken Ball mode is that if Tekken Ball mode (laughs) is that if you hit it at max power, your character actually hangs onto the ball and like goes flying down the aisle themselves and they smash into the pins and it's a foul which is the best thing ever but the the announcer does come on and he says great and you like get a smash <laughs> cut. he's like great and you get a smash cut of like your character crashing into the pins which is a 10 <laughs> out of 10 in Tekken 7 though they really upped the ante because in Tekken 7 different characters actually have ratings oh. on what their power and their spin is so like Lily, for example my favorite character from Tekken 7 because she's an Ojo Sama mm-hmm. uh, she drinks a lot of tea. Wow, all this tea coming up in today's episode. Uh, Her rating on, I think, her power is like a D, but her rating on spin is rated as an S+. I really cannot say how much those ratings on power and spin actually affect the gameplay, because I'm not good enough to frankly know (laughs) the difference. Right. But the other fun thing that I really love about Tekken Bowling is that you can change out the pins optionally to either be regular bowling pins or like gold trophies of Heihachi Mishima's head. So you can bowl (laughs) straight down the middle and smash his brain to pieces. It's awesome. 
uh, the songs that play during Tekken Bowl mode are phenomenal. I mean, obviously, every Tekken 7 uh, level has a kick-ass soundtrack. But the soundtracks for Tekken Bowl are just more more of what the people love, more of what the people deserve, yeah, frankly. Yeah. So yeah, you just play uh, play bowling. You can play 1v1 in um, co-op mode, or I think maybe you can play online mode in the newer games. I don't think you could in the old games. Yeah. I think it was just versus AI or versus um, co-op, you know, couch co-op. But Tekken Ball, yeah, mode, ball mode I don't think I've heard you talk about this one at all. another story. Could you so, say it's a whole other ball game? Yes, you could. <laughs> you could, my friend. <laughs> So Tekken Ball Mode originally introduced in Tekken 3, which I remember very vivid, vividly because Tekken 3 was the only Tekken game that featured the character of Gon, a literal dinosaur. Okay. And he's short. He's like a little small T-Rex with tiny boxing gloves on. Yeah. He's actually borrowed from his own game series, which is like Gon's fucking dinosaur adventures. I don't know. Gone like the dinosaurs? Yeah, I think that's where the pun in his name is supposed to come from. It's G-O-N. Uh, but Gone, Gone's level is like this beach level. So when you, I don't know what you have to do to unlock Tekken Ball mode, but when you get on Tekken Ball mode, it's on his beach level. So it's kind of like beach volleyball. Oh, fun. So it's two characters, side-scrolling type view. You know, it's not over the shoulder. It's just looking straight on at him. You have a ball that, I mean, literally functions kind of as like a bouncy, oversized volleyball. And you attack it like you do with your regular attacks. Oh, that's fun. But your attacks send it up and over the net. There actually isn't a net. It's just a line in the sand. You send it up and over the net to your opponent. And you each hit it like basically as hard as you can to power up the ball and if you hit the ball hard enough you can either get it over your opponent so like if your opponent is too far back or they're too far forward and the ball gets into the sand and hits the ground yeah that's a point in your favor nice the other alternative is if, if you hit the ball in such a way as to power it up to send it into flaming mode and the ball hits the other character and they don't block it it does them physical damage oh. so the win condition is either that you get enough points by getting it into the sand getting an out or that you literally kill the opponent Incredible. which is hysterical Tekken ball mode is a classic I don't know why it hasn't been in literally every game but the absolute winner of everything is Tekken tag mode two, Tekken tag tournament two's ball mode from the special edition Wii U because and I think we've talked about this song before but I'm not sure we've ever been oh, able yeah, to we did. play like it on back, an episode an old soundtrack spotlight oh maybe we did I think we did a because long time ago. specifically for Sakura Schoolyard which is one of the optional levels for Tekken ball mode um, in Tekken tag tournament two uh, features a brand new exclusive song called High School Love. And it's good. And it's the stupidest <laughs> shit you've ever heard in your life. It is so dumb, but so incredible. You know how like Sonic gets ripped on all the time for its uh, special genre of rock and roll that people have affectionately dubbed butt rock? Yes. Imagine that, but not quite. <laughs> and you've got high school love from Tekken Tag Tournament 2's Ball Mode on Soccer Schoolyard exclusively. So Tekken Ball Mode rules. It is such a dumb fun time. Tekken Bowl Mode rules. Everybody likes bowling. Hell yeah. Who wouldn't want to go bowling in a video game? Uh, so yeah, Tekken is literally knocking it out of the park with its various mini games. And I don't know why every other game hasn't blatantly stolen those modes. You know, I mean, honestly, that... 
I would never have expected Tekken to have a mini game in it. So it's incredible that the ones that it does have are well, so good. I mean, shout out to Tekken Force mode. Like I said, it's a blatant Streets of Rage ripoff. Yeah. Bro Mogan loved that game. <laughs> it was very hard. I never really played it because I sucked ass at it. Yeah. But it was really surprisingly in-depth. Uh, so for the people that know, they know. Um, and if you're one of the cool kids, you're like, hell yeah, I remember taking ball mode, gone stage on the beach, getting them raised, getting getting swole <laughs> while I play beach out. volleyball. All right, Bernie, we're almost done. <laughs> She's like, it is 40 minutes past my dinner time. <laughs> Father. <laughs> Father, I am upset. Okay, Bernie, I'm finishing Be it up. Weird. Okay, we're wrapping it up. So yeah, Tekken Ball and Tekken Ball, 10 out of 10 video games. Games for mini, ten out of ten mini games in video games. That's what I was trying to say. Very nice, very nice. Well, yeah, it's been fun to recount some of our favorite mini games that we have played throughout our video game time. Uh, to run through the list one more time, it was Orlog from Assassin's Creed Valhalla for me. Machine uh, Strike, Horizon Forbidden West. And then Slapperazzi from Super Mario Party. Shout out to Meat Cube Flipper from Super Mario Party. <laughs> yes. But more importantly, uh, fucking, what did I... The, the tea game. The tea oh, set yeah, yeah, game yeah, the from tea, Professor, Professor Layton, Layton 2. Tea <laughs> game. And then for my uh, number one was Bear Storming from Putt Putt Goes to really, the Moon. Really? The, the, the pull nobody <laughs> saw coming. And no. then Tekken Bowl and Tekken Ball mode from various Tekken titles. There you have it, folks. Well, as always, hit us up with your favorite mini games that you have played as well by uh, you know commenting below wherever you're listening to or watching this, or jump over on our Discord, join us there, and talk about it with us. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Or you can also send us an email at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com. But with that, everybody, that wraps up this week's episode. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jared Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Morgan. Adios. We'll see you all next time.